Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We want to uh, continue with our gleaning from the scriptures of First Thessalonians. And today, just as a quick review, uh, in chapter uh, 1, we said that they were commended by Paul on their work of faith, their labor of love, their steadfastness of hope. And I said that what we wanted to do was to uh, show a labor of love to uh, the Miriam's house. And so we have, I talked to uh, one of the, 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 the ladies who was over that area, and she said they really had needs for not only uh, housing for Every child with mustache for kids, uh, they're, they're doing. But also, uh, because of the COVID situation, and they were homeless at one time, and they, the Miriam house, they, they try to make sure you get a home. And so they, uh, some of them got laid off because they were in jobs that were um, sometimes in food industry, maybe waitresses or waiters or whatever the situation may be, cooks, or they got laid off. And so uh, some of them might need a little extra help with uh, the rent for the holidays, not only uh, this holiday, but Christmas also. And, but they also need food sometimes also for that. So I told her that we uh, were going to do that. And we have until Christmas, I think, three more Sundays uh, to uh, gather uh, finances to give and please uh, make the checks out to um, Cornerstone Community Church and we're going to give uh, we'll have our financial clerk um, bookkeep the right one check to the Miriam's house and we want to really bless them we want to really bless them because uh, we are eating so so good uh, most of us in Thanksgiving meals and also, Christmas, we give gifts and things like that. But some people are not as fortunate as we are. And, and I just want to be a blessing from this congregation uh, to, to the Lynchburg community. Let them know that we see your pain, and we want to help with that. Not just to pray. We're going to pray, but, but we also want to be a blessing to you. So that's what we did there. Uh, Last time I spoke, uh, we were on Thessalonians chapter 2, and uh, <clears throat> the review of that is that in verse 13, it says, For this reason, you also constantly, we constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, you heard it not just coming from us, but you really consider it as the word of God and not just man. That was really uh, surprising to me that a young church that they had just gotten, gotten saved, they knew and was, was thinking and believing that Paul was not the one that was bringing the word to them Paul was just representing Jesus 
And actually, it was the word of God coming to them. And so that's why they were able to stay steadfast in the midst of persecution. And so I thought that was miraculous. I thought it was great. Today, <clears throat> the title of the message is, This is the will of God for you. This is the will of God for you. And we're in, in chapter uh, 3. But we're going to start in chapter the last part of chapter 2 where we left off. We, 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 t- we read it, and we didn't talk much about the last two verses, uh, last three verses. Let's read 18, 19. Let's turn to that. For we want, want it uh, to come to you, and this is Paul speaking, and I, Paul, more than once, tried to come to you, but Satan hindered us. I want you to know and believe that Satan can hinder. He can hinder. Now, you know, if the Apostle Paul says that, and yet Satan hindered us, you know that Satan can hinder. Because the Apostle Paul is nothing that uh, Apostle Paul could, could, couldn't do. I mean, he, he, he's, he's pretty tough. And yet, he says that Satan hindered us from coming to you, Thessalonians. I wanted to come to you many times, but Satan hindered us. So we need to pray for each other. And you, you kind of wonder sometimes why did Paul sometimes ask, uh, pray for us. Uh, because prayer breaks bondages. We, we need to get Satan out of the way, and the only way we can do that is through prayer because God hears the prayers of the saints. He hears them. And the more people praying, the better it is. And so everything uh, needs to be prayed over, and this is one of them, that the gospel will not be hindered. The gospel will not be hindered. We want the gospel to go forth. We want everybody to know that Jesus Christ paid the price for their sins, and they don't, have to, they don't have to pay the price for their own sins. Jesus paid it for you. All you need to do is give your life to Jesus Christ. So that's the essence of what uh, uh, Paul was teaching them. And it says in verse thir- uh, 19, For who is our hope and joy and our crown and our exaltation? Uh, is it not even you? In the presence of our Lord Jesus at this, at his coming, for you are our glory and our joy. What I wanted us to grasp is the love relationship between the Apostle Paul, uh, Silas, Timothy, to the Thessalonica church. And I believe that. Here in this day and time, even though it is not the same as it was then, we can rise above society, which is a lot of times society is all about me. It's all about them. It is, you know, what, what pleases me, what, what's best for me, rather than what, what is God says 
And what is God telling me is best for me? It's, it's all about me, 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 society. And this church, even though it was young, this church is saying, no, Paul, we, we have fond, fond memories of you. I mean, we, we, we love you. We, we wanted you to come. We're sorry that you weren't able to come. And Paul is saying, I wanted to come. And Satan hindered us from coming. So it's this love relationship. Can we have that love relationship in the churches today? I wonder. I wonder. Can we do that? And I say that we can through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the word of God, we can. We can have that same thing. And I want us to practice in this body a love relationship between each other and between uh, other uh, Christians and, and, and for the world also. That's what I want. Now, the commandment of God is, is, is really, everybody knows the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments. But the thing is that if you want to boil everything to one, you can boil everything to one commandment. And he gave us two because one of the Pharisees asked him, well, what, I said, what's the greatest commandment? He said that the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Love God. That's the first one. And the second one is just like it, is that uh, love your neighbor as yourself. We know that, but we also know that God is love. God is love. Because the scripture says so. And so therefore, if God is love, the greatest commandment is going to be love. That's what what it's going to be. And um, when I had to uh, see God, God, what really do you want our vision to be? Because we changed our vision um, probably last year. Uh, And after seeking God, I want it to be about love. And so our vision is to love God and all people. Not just some people. All people. All people. That's our vision. Love God and all people. And so that's our vision. Because I don't think it can be any other vision that can be as great, greater than that vision. There are plenty of visions and plenty of great ones, but it can't be not one greater than love God and love all people. can't be one greater because God is love. And everywhere in the Bible, whether it be Old Testament, whether it be New Testament, it's going it's to be love God and love all people. That's what it's going to be. Now, Matthew says it in Matthew 22. He says that uh, we are to love God and love all people. But if you go back to the Old Testament, 
it's still going to be the same thing. In uh, Galatians, it's the same thing. Love God. And if we boil it down to one scripture, it will be love others as he has loved us. Love others as he, meaning God, has loved us. If you boil it down. Because God knows, we know, that it's impossible to love others the way God loves others if we don't love God. It has to start with God. So if I want to love you as God loves you, I have to start with God. I want to love you the way you said you need to be loved. And the scripture tells us that how do, how, how do we know that we love God? But if I asked you, do you love God? Everybody's going to say, yes. Well, how, how can you prove that? How can you, did God tell us how? Absolutely. He told us in his word. He said that if you love me, finish it for me, keep my commandments. That's what he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. So if, if I want to kind of judge whether I'm loving God or not, the way he wants to be loved, I have to measure it by am I keeping his commandment like he's asked me to keep his commandment. And so this is part of what the Thessalonians were learning when they uh, were taught by when they were taught by Paul. Let's start in chapter. Let's go to chapter four in Thessalonians. Let's start in verse 1. Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk, and to walk means to live, the lifestyle. He's talking about lifestyle, you should live, your behavior, what, what how are you going to really walk this thing out? How are you going to live it out, meaning? And please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. Now, that's, that's important because we need to know that we are going to continuously be trying to yield more and more to the Holy Spirit's work in us in order to grow in our love. We, ought to, we will want to grow in our walk before God. We need to grow in that. So that's why he says to walk in a certain way, but then I want you to excel still more because it's going to take more and more and more because we haven't arrived yet. And we never will arrive yet. Let me um, uh, go to a verse 
here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. In, in that, in, in, in that uh, scripture, we see that uh, it is not a static thing. It's not, a, it's not a static thing. It's a evolving. We have to continually to walk out this love walk that God is asking us to, to, to walk out. And he was saying that he wants us to realize that what we are does not come from ourselves. And one of the things that that uh, it it talked about in this particular uh, verse is sanctification in chapter four. He talked about sanctification, and sanctification is a setting apart. It's a, it's a, a bringing out. It's a uh, moving from darkness to light. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of Satan's kingdom, into the kingdom of his dear son, speaking of Jesus Christ. So uh, God is telling us that, that we are sanctified. Sanctified, again, means to be brought out, out from the world system into God's kingdom. It's a setting apart. And so... Uh, he's asking us to grow in love more and more. And then he says in chapter 2 of, um, I'll come back to 1 Corinthians in a minute. Uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 2 says, For you know what commandment we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. And that commandment he gave them is love. That's the commandment he gave him. And he says in verse 2, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Your sanctification. So he's telling the correct uh, the Thessalonian church this, the will of God is your sanctification. Sanctification is, the, again, coming out into God, out of the world into God, but it's a progressive thing. But it's also, as First Corinthians, I'll just uh, talk about First Corinthians. Also, First Corinthians would tell us that God has put us in Christ, and Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our sanctification. Christ is our uh, Everything. He's our everything. There's nothing that he is not. And he says that in, in, uh, in the next verse of uh, 1 Corinthians, he says that, and all of us from God, so that when you stand before him, we can't boast of anything except God. That's the only thing we're going to boast of. You can't boast in uh, your love, you can't boast in your sanctification, you can't boast of 
uh, redemption. You can't boast in nothing because everything was given to us by God. So, actually, sanctification and love has been given us. Because we are in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are in love. Not in love with somebody, but you are in, actually, in love. We are seated in in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated in love. So, therefore, God bestows love on us. He bestows sanctification on us. He he restores redemption on us. He he restores wisdom on us. All that's in 1 Corinthians. And he says that, so don't boast. Don't boast because, well, I'm more sanctified than she is. No. No. We're going to be in the process of being sanctified all our life. When we die, that ends sanctification in this life. Progressive sanctification. But we are still sanctified because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're in Christ. So it is a, I guess what uh, people call and theologians call uh, positional sanctification. Because we're in, we're positioned in Christ. But progressively, we have to yield more and more to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. So it's two things. We are sanctified and we are being sanctified. We love, but we are learning to love more and more and more and more and more because we have not arrived. And that's what he's telling the Thessalonians in chapter 4. In, in verse 3 uh, of uh, chapter 4, he says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now, I need to know a little bit more about sanctification because just being called out, yes, that's sanctified, into, from the world to Jesus, that, 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 that's, that's sanctification, but... Give me something more practical. This is what he, 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 he gave the Thessalonians. He says, that is, so he's getting ready to explain, for this is the will of God for you, for you, your sanctification. That is, he's getting ready to explain it, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's part of being sanctified. He's, he's, he's explaining to them what he means when he tells them that your sanctification is the will of God for you. So that means that it's the will of God for us. It's the will of God for us. Our sanctification. What does that mean? We need to abstain from sexual immorality. Verse 4 that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, in one version, um, it would 
it would say how to possess your own wife. And because some of them were, uh, as the scripture would say, uh, well, if you can't have self-control, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So they were saying, well, I'll get married then. So then I don't have to worry about it. I can, you know, uh, I don't have to worry about abstaining from immorality. And that's the, he was trying to explain to them, that's the wrong reason to get married. You don't get married so that uh, now you can do what you want to do and you can lust at the, at the people. No, 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 no. Verse 5 says, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And, and see, no, no woman wants to marry somebody just to fulfill his lust. Somebody say amen. Now, I hear men saying that. You know, that's supposed to be the latest, latest supposed to be saying that, you know. No, they, no, no. They, they, they are not, they, they're not going to be used. No, no. And so uh, he's telling them that, that you have, to, you have to be able to control your lust. And you don't get married uh, so that you don't have to uh, burn with passion. Now you can just uh, be lustful and passionate and all, that, all you want to. No, that's not, that's not what marriage is all about. It's a part of marriage um, uh, fulfilling your, uh, your duties towards your mate. But, but that, that is not the reason to get married. And so uh, I want everybody to understand that, that, that we are spiritual beings. All of us are spiritual beings. <clears throat> and that's uh, the major thing we need to be concerned with. Uh, uh, the scripture says that even uh, if you are married, act like you're not. That's what it says. Act like you're not. Meaning that life is, is about more than fulfilling each other's uh, wants and desires and needs. That's why Paul said, I wish you were like I am uh, because he didn't have a wife. Uh, he said, and, and I think if you don't have one, you're better not even have one because now all you have to do is just be concerned about how you can please the Lord. Well, see, but he also says that uh, if you do get married, that's okay too. Yeah. But he wants us to act like we are not, meaning that I want you to be conscious of God and fulfilling God's purposes in your life and working together, both of you working together to please God, and uh, you're going to automatically please each other. And that's what I, I try to and still, when I'm, when I'm talking to uh, young people who are engaged or who are married, they're, they're, they're in early years of marriage, I tell them, look, the best thing you can do is to please God. Work on your intimacy with God. Work on it. And... Your mate needs to do the same thing. Work on their intimacy with God. So 
So if I'm talking to uh, the husband, the man, and the woman, I said, each of you work on your intimacy with God. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Yield to the Holy Spirit, meaning yield to the Holy Spirit. Work in you to be more like Jesus. And as you do that, the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you're going to get to each other. That's, and that's the truth. And that is not a lie. That's not, uh, I think that's going to happen. That is the truth. That's what God wants. And if you want to be married 50, 60 years, and you want to uh, uh, express, be, have an expression of God to your mate, you do that. And I guarantee you, the more you like Jesus, the more he's going to love you. The more you like Jesus, the more she's going to love you. Because nobody is treated better than Jesus treats them. Nobody. And if you are like Jesus, then your mate's going to be excited about you. Because you're going to be kind, considerate. All the fruit of the Spirit, all the attributes of Jesus, that's how you're going to be. And so he's trying to explain to the uh, church at Thessalonica because they're coming out of the world system. They just got saved. They're coming out of the world system where they are uh, the, the, the heathen are doing some of everything, immoral things and things like that. And he's trying to let them know you can't do that. You are not that, that way. And he says, uh, so he who rejects this is not rejecting man, this is verse 18, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. That's who you're rejecting. So he said, everybody needs to follow this. Verse 9 says, now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need of anyone uh, to, to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Well, when were they taught by God to love one another? When Paul was teaching them. Before they got saved, they, they are taught to love, to love God. Verse 10, For indeed you do practice it towards all the brethren who are in Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. So he's, he's encouraging more, more, more. More love, more sanctification, more loving each other. That's what he's, he's telling them to do. And so uh, I was thinking, God, that is not uh, probably a good message uh, to our congregation because they don't even think about immorality. And then I had to say, well, I don't know more than God knows. And if God says, I want you to teach this, and he's teaching this to the, to the church at Thessalonica, then I don't know what anybody does behind closed doors. And you don't know what I do behind closed doors. The only person to know is behind those closed doors with me. <laughs> and then you don't know. Come on now. You, 
you still don't know what your mate does because unless y'all are together 24-7 and y'all are there when one doesn't go to bed before the other one, one doesn't have their own computer, another has a, you better know that in these days and time, immorality is rampant. You don't have to buy, go to the store and wait till somebody don't see you and buy magazines anymore. You can get on your computer at night while everybody else sleeps and do it. You can have a computer on a phone, you can have it on a laptop, you can have a desktop, you can have what you want to, but you have it on watches. Uh, but nobody knows everything unless they see all of your uh, electronic devices and know how to get into it to see where you have been. Because it is with young people, it's with older people, it's with teenagers and sub-teenagers. It is out there. Believe me. Believe me. It's out there. Uh, so I have to, over the 20-some years I've been pastoring, I had to be able to listen to and help people through some of their uh, bondages. And believe me when I say, nobody is excused unless they're in elementary school, uh, second, third grade, something where uh, boys don't even like girls. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the only time. But as soon as they start recognizing, hey, she is a girl. Man, she is nice. I like her. And start, you know, punching her and stuff, letting her know that she like, likes her. Uh, then, then, believe me, you need to stay aware and you need to have controls, parents, on your electronic devices. Uh, wives, you need to see and monitor uh, what your husband got on his phone what your husband got on his laptop, what he has on his iPad, uh, on his desktop, on his phone. You, you, you need to monitor that because if you pay no attention to it, then uh, Satan is out there to tempt everybody. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He's out there. And so that's what he's trying to let the Thessalonians know, that I want you to possess your vessel in holiness, in sanctification, and I want you to get rid of immorality. And you can do that uh, because the heathen do that. He called them, call them that. But the only way you're going to do that is through God. God. If you acknowledge God, then, and you uh, press into God, the more you press into God, the more you are going to be sanctified. The more you press into God. That stuff starts um, uh, falling off. I was talking to a person uh, years ago, and, and they couldn't get rid of pornography. 
They tried, they tried, they tried, and they'll, they'll succeed for one week and then fall back into the next week. And, and, um, and the answer is press into God. Press into God. Press into God. The more you press into his word, the more you press into worship, the more you press into loving others and take your eyes off yourself, the more you can withstand the temptations of the enemy. And you, 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 you show me a, a man who doesn't like to praise, doesn't like to, like to read, doesn't like to spend time with God, not interested in God, you'll find a, a person who Satan loves to harass him and want to get him by himself, want, to, want him to be up late at night because he wants to attack him. And that will mess up a marriage. Believe me, it'll mess up a marriage. So, uh, women, uh, if you don't know anything about a computer like my wife, she doesn't know a lot about uh, the cell phones and things like that, um, then you need to get somebody to help you. Uh, and, and, and you need to make sure, men, you, you put your phone right there on the, on, on, the, on the table and, it, hey, uh, this is my phone. Anytime you want to look at it, hey, you, you look at it. Here's my laptop. Here's this. Here are the passwords. Anything you want to go to is, is open open before you and before God. And if you get some young people, they know how to get, get in a phone. You know. <laughs> and so uh, if you got some, some children, give your phone to, to the, to the uh, uh, to your child, say, hey, hey, check this phone out and see if there's anything up there that don't need to be up there. Uh, they, they know how to do it. Uh, so uh, that's what, how you can help protect yourself. Or get you a, another uh, a male who will ho- hold you accountable. Uh, there are systems out there to, uh, that you can get that will help protect um, your phone and stuff from going to different sites. It, it'll let there's programs out there that you can, if you go to a site that you don't supposed to go to, it'll let, it'll let your pastor know. It'll let your other friend know. I'm serious. I am serious. Uh, and you, you have to do things uh, to help protect you because it's nobody who really wants to do that, but they just fall into it because of the ex- availability and because or we're just human beings. But the more safeguards you have, the better off you're going to be because God is calling us to holiness. And that's another word. Holiness is another word for sanctification. So uh, this is what he was telling the church at Thessalonica, and this is what I wanted to bring to you today. Now, I know none of you fall in that category, and that's great, but I had to bring it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been obedient to, to God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.